Osiris. Hey, this is Brendan from Umphreys McGee. This podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and of course, lots of music. Osiris works in partnership with Relics Magazine. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 70 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch, alongside... Jeff Kolath. Thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. Um, Jeff, everything good down your way? Any uh, any Elvis uh, in, impersonator contests recently? Tribute artists, Harvey. Tribute artists. And uh, no, Elvis week has ended. The, the circus has moved on, and uh, they'll be back next year, I'm sure, and hopefully I'll be a part of it again. But uh, other than that, things are uh, pretty well back to normal. Still hot, very dry, dry here in Memphis. This time of year. Um, I'm getting excited for uh, Panic in Nashville. Uh, we're um, under less than a week away, so. Um, Looking forward to seeing everybody down there and, um, yeah, well, get I my groove on. Heavy, but I have to go to my cousin's wedding in Wisconsin. That sounds awesome. I bet weddings in Wisconsin are pretty fun, though. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's just a lot of uh, hullabaloo, as they say, um, to get there. You're, I'm sure your wife could tell you that that's the cheer of uh, Tulane, the... The rah rah re hullabaloo cheer at Tulane University. I don't even know if she knew that. I'll quiz her after this. I bet she will. I bet ask her if she knows anything about the hullabaloo and or and uh, Tulane. Um, do I notice that they're selling? Uh, um, what's the what's the spotted cow brewery? Niglaris. Niglaris that they're selling out in the airport in. Milwaukee or Madison, I think. Like after the security, you can pick uh, up a six pack. Well, that's a good idea because you can't go yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. So I saw that on social media or something. Um, so we are um, rapidly approaching college football season. Um, and last year we did, uh, I guess we did a couple episodes. Um, reached out to Mark Schlebaugh to see if he would join us, but. Um, didn't hear back we'll we'll muddle through on our own jeff is our resident college football expert so um i've got phil Steele, the phil Steele's, uh annual you know torah of college football news here so um i'll probably just I'll, I'm, my plan is to just start reading um sunbelt the sunbelt conference preview until you tell me to stop Okay, so uh, let's stop then. <laughs> um, I mean, is Phil Steele, do we even know that he's still alive or they just continue to put this book out under his name and people will continue to buy it at, at Rite Aids around America? <laughs> Rite Aids are closing. I buy mine at the Kroger. It's my one 
uh, vanity purchase at Kroger, unless you call like Miller High Life two times a year vanity purchase. Um, but uh, as far as I know, Phil is still alive and kicking. He shows up on ESPN Radio and other places. Uh, I, I just imagine him like in a basement in Wisconsin, and he doesn't come out between you know January and August, and he's just like crunching these numbers, putting this book together every year. Why do you think he's from Wisconsin? I, I just I just imagine that he just eats cheese curds in the basement of his mother's house, and he puts his book out. Let's see where he's from. Well, maybe. I think we should effort uh, getting Phil Steele on our show next year, because I'm sure he's a huge widespread panic guy. <laughs> um, Probably not. Um, but... Uh, he's born, he was born in 1960. I would assume that he would have been older. First edition published in 1995. Um, and look how far he's come. He's getting talked about on the Bluest Tape podcast. About Phil. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What, about, uh, let's see. No, nobody, they don't say where he's from or what he's. It seems a little sketchy. I don't know. Is he like. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay. Is he like a, is he a, a mythical character, uh, like a Max Head? That's what I'm thinking. That might be possible. Mm. Okay. But he, uh, his book is very, his annual magazine is very thorough and uh, is very, um, very good. If you want to know third string quarterbacks on, you know, mid American conference teams. Um, I like it because it's, uh, it just sort of, makes me aware of players that I might not have ever heard of before. And then all of a sudden, if I see them on Saturday, I can go look up and uh, can find out, oh my gosh, Phil Steele said this guy was going to be good and I missed it. So um, so Phil has, since Harvey, you say that you're not, is, you're not ready. You, you were talking about college basketball already um, last That's week. what we do in Kentucky, man. So, yeah, I think I know. Hey, you got that uh, guy who um, the quarterback who was on the team that beats uh, Independence in the first game of the year, right? The guy from Iowa Western, whatever um, his name is, Terry. Yeah, touchdown, Terry Wilson. I think actually it was not in that game. He, the, uh, Independence beat his team. I think they were like the. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, is he on? Um, oh, is he on one of the? Uh, Kansas team was it the team that won the title the year before maybe oh yeah it was like the third or fourth week and he had a really good game but that you know somehow independence pulled it out but um yeah so okay sorry that's about all I know about college football this year is is the players in independence he went to uh he was at Oregon for a year okay um but anyway so Phil Steele's final four is Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Washington. Um, we chose not to do the final four show this year like we did last year because we probably would have had at least two teams the same, if not three, um, from last year. So um, that was Phil's. I'll give you mine, Harvey, because I know you're interested. Yeah. Um, and. So you're going to be super surprised at two, at least three of these. How many? Uh, how many over under one and a half Big Ten teams? Well, I thought about shocking the world and going with two Big Ten. Teams. Oh gosh! Um, but I didn't, even though the Big Ten I think has like five teams in the top preseason top twelve, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, which doesn't matter because they're all going to beat each other because four of them are in the same division. Um, thank you, Big Ten, for making it so easy for Wisconsin to finish with one loss and still not make the playoffs. But I mean, those, until this year, Harvey, those div- are those div- going to make. Are those divisions even geographical? Aren't they just like random? They're more geographical now than they used to be. They used to be just a total mess. Yeah. And now they're still kind of a mess, but they're not as bad. So Wisconsin is going to make the playoff this year. This is the year. I feel uh, Ohio State um, should be banned from college football for at least a year for Urban Meyer being Urban Meyer and being a college football coach. and Jim Jordan and just the whole university. Yeah, that that too. Um, but uh, I think this is the year when Wisconsin makes it. So Wisconsin goes into my final four with Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia because it's they're really all three of them are really good. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Clemson taking the national championship this year. Hmm. Um, it'll probably be Alabama, Clemson again, but that's okay because they're two really good teams and the games are always entertaining. And if you just can just enjoy football for what it is and not really care who's playing, um, which I know is sometimes hard to do. So we'll go Clemson over Alabama in the final four. Um, but for our preview this year, we've chosen a different route to celebrate the most, um, shall we say, uh, inane part of the college football season, perhaps, other than the week before rivalry week, which is tend to be tends to be the worst week of college football. We're talking about bowl season, specifically the first week of bowl the, season. The least prestigious bowl games. Yeah, the least prestigious bowl games. But hey, they get a, these teams get a chance to be on the TV. They get a chance to take the cheerleaders to exotic locales. Um, they get to eat, eat a lovely buffet dinner. Um, they get to go get, to a banquet. They get swag, free swag. They get some swag. I mean, I'm sure some of these bulls, instead of giving them, um, you know, the newest iPhone, they're probably giving them like seven-year-old Blackberries or something. Um, I think that actually there's a new Blackberry that failed miserably. <laughs> um, instead, of, instead of giving them the, the newest, uh, you know, fastest, best shoes, they're giving them, you know, Skechers or something like that. Reebok for, pumps. You know, Reebok pumps. So anyway, so I've chosen two bowl games. Harvey has chosen two bowl games. And actually what kind of connects this week with last week, at least for my selections, is the unexpected jam portion of of, of these shows, at least the ones that I've mm-hmm. chosen. Um, yours, one selection of yours, Harvey, is not a jam at all, but your other selection, there's a whole lot of jamming. But if you know the historical connection between at least two of those songs, it makes sense that there's a lot going on between them so um do you want to go first harvey or should i go first? uh why don't you why don't you go first okay so i have chosen the camellia bowl and which will be played on saturday december 15th in the crampton bowl stadium in montgomery alabama which is the capital of the state of alabama harvey do you know what a camellia is uh it's a it's a flower right it's a flower. It is the Alabama State Flower, okay. uh, 1959. It was not the original Alabama State Flower, but it was changed to the Alabama State Flower. This one pits a intense, the intense <laughs> rivals from the Sun Belt 
in the Mid-American Conference. So we're not talking Power Five here. We're not even talking like the next tier. We're talking about the third tier of um, FBS football bowl subdivision, which is still the worst name for a division in college. Now sports. I will I will say that you know I mean the the MAC has some some quality teams, and so does the Sun Belt. I mean they're both uh, capable of knocking off Power Five teams. Anyway, they have well. I- Appalachian State won the bowl game uh, last year. The year before. Appalachian State has won recently, and they, of course, beat Michigan, and Arkansas State won last year. Um, Harvey, do you want to take a guess of what the payout is for each team in the Camellia Bowl? Um, and this is what each team receives from the bowl um, as a payment to send their team to I mean, Montgomery. Uh, if I go on, you know, some of the the larger bowls, I would guess would be in you know, a, a couple million, probably. Um, so let's say let's say the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl is more like like two hundred fifty k. Ooh, over one dollar, Bob. It is one hundred thousand dollars. Wow. So we did not have a representative from the Camellia Bowl, Sunbelt Conference, or the Mid-American Conference. All of our calls went unanswered this week when we invited them to participate. Um, But I would be willing to venture a guess that each team that goes to the Camellia Bowl is losing money Hmm. as they go. But, again, is it a chance to be on national television? ESPN, I think, has all but, what, three or four games? Yep. Uh, yep, they've got this one. So, and they've got this one. Um, it is on the 15th where there are one, five games that day. Um, and this one's been around for, I believe, four years. And so, and they're added, actually adding more bowl games next year, I believe. They're adding one at Wrigley Field, if I recall. They're going to have one in maybe Charleston or in South Carolina, and then probably another one in Florida. I don't remember. Just so we need this is what we need more games with mediocre football teams. Um, so, but I will say that I'm glad that we chose this theme and we decided to do this. Um, oh, Phil Steele has, is predicting, uh, Northern, the Northern Illinois Huskies versus Troy university, um, in the, uh, Raycom media Camellia bowl in 2018. Troy university um, coached by former Kentucky offensive coordinator, Neil Brown. Wow! Look at there! Look at you. you know I know a little bit. He was—he's a, uh, a Hal Mummy disciple. He played football at UK under Hal Mummy, um, and then I think he was at Oklahoma maybe for a little while. But yeah, he's a um, what's the name of that uh, um, the offense at Mummy? That, uh, Is that a fun and gun? It's not no, fun it's and fun. gun. It's um, the uh, air raid. Air raid. Okay. Yeah. I like Hamel. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, proceed. Sorry. So, that's okay. But I will say that this has now given me an excuse to play a selection from May 1st, 2001, which is a show I've had my eye on for a while. For a couple reasons. The second set lists, the set list for the second set always looked pretty interesting. Um, airplane into bears, gun fishing, and drums, and then a four cornered room, big woolly, Mr. Soul post drums. And I will admit that that's what I was predisposed to play. And then I listened to the first set and coming across or coming off of our um, fan inspired unexpected jams show from episode 69. Thanks again to friend of the pod, Chad Coates. 
Um, decided to go with something mid first set and you will see why I picked it. So let's go to Montgomery, Alabama, Garrett Coliseum, May 1st, 2001, and we'll get this thing started middle of the first set with please.
All right, uh, that was the selection from May 1st, 2001, Montgomery, Alabama, Garrett Coliseum, Please in the Glory. Um, about a 11, 12-minute Please and about a 7-minute Glory again. See that on paper, middle of the first set, think five, six-minute Please, you know, three-and-a-half, four-minute Glory, um, you know, nice and tight, wrap it up, move on to the next portion. I mean, obviously, if you look at the set list, there's the machine bar stools in the first set. There's the great stuff in the second set. So there's some pretty meaty things later on, but this might actually be the best part of the show. Yeah, no, it was good. And you, I mean, you, we kind of we cut off glory. I mean, because it really does kind of jam in the machine. Um, that was a really nice segment there too. So um, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I felt like they had st- started to, you know, we did the, um, the first variations episode. Um, you know, I don't know, was that a month or so ago? Uh, I feel like they had started to occasionally stretch out, please. You know, I mean, not not regularly, but it, w- it was maybe not completely uncommon um, for them to kind of explore the backside of it. But uh, this is a good example of that. And uh, I'm glad you found it. I appreciate it. Um, I want to make sure that everybody uh, appreciates the fact that I, that I did not go on a tangent about Raycom media and corporate ownership of local broadcast stations and retransmission consent fees, which drive your cable bills, satellite bills up. Yeah. I mean, I think someday Harvey, we're, we're going to let you, uh, we'll give you the floor to talk about your job. Like I occasionally talk about <laughs> your job is, is so much cooler and so much more appropriate for this podcast than my job does. So that's fine. I'll just throw my stuff in every once in a while. We'll do a work themed one sometime and uh, figure it out. Um, So I've got one more selection and it was really hard not to choose this one. Really hard to, to not to, to forego this, this pick. Um, Even though this bowl has been established for over 20 years, um, people like to watch it because of where it's played because of the color of the turf. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the famous Idaho potato bowl which is played in Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho, which is the home field for Boise State University, which, of course, is the home of the Smurf turf. Um, This year will be played on Friday, December 21st, so you might want to take a half day um, as you start your holiday weekend and get home in time for a barn burner from the Mountain West versus the MAC. Again, more MAC Mm. Um, This year, Phil Steele is predicting the Wyoming Cowboys will make a triumphant return to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl where they beat Central the Central Michigan Chippewas last year. This year, though, he's predicting that they'll play the Toledo Rockets. Um, and, I feel uh, like this game always has, is like usually a pretty good game. Kind of like, you know, it's like the Holiday Bowl in San Diego always is like a pretty good game. This one Alabama seems Bowl like it's always... Really good. Um, it is... It, it always... Growing up, you know, there was a finite number of bulls, right? Every year, and they were always in war. With they, with rare exception, they the the Silver Dome in Mich- in Detroit used to have a bowl game. They had the Cherry Bowl, but it was indoors, and frankly, I was too young to even remember it. But everything was warm weather, so this was the was this the first, not the first, but the first in a long time cold weather bowl that they brought back. Maybe um, it's been really yeah, cool. It's possible, yeah. Now they've got the pinstripe bowl at Yankee Stadium. They're going to do that, but like we mentioned, the bowl game in, in uh, Wrigley Field. They have the uh, 
bowl game at Ford Field, the Quick Lane Bowl at Ford Field in Detroit, but of course that's indoors too. So this one, I asked you how much you uh, how much you thought the payout for the Camellia Bowl would, was, and of course it was one hundred thousand dollars. Any guesses what the payout is for the uh, famous Idaho Potato Bowl? Uh, I want to say it's a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to go two hundred thousand dollars. Ah, you you were under on this one, three hundred and twenty-five thousand. Okay, so that's a good payout for a for a team from the MAC from Central Michigan. And you got to think hotels are pretty cheap in Boise. Yeah, um, uh, flying there might not be that easy. Uh, here's here's a trivia for you. Maybe you have it if you have Wikipedia open. But what was this? bowl game called originally do you know is the humanitarian bowl uh, that's correct and then it was the mpc computers bowl which is headquartered in nampa idaho which is of course a famous town in widespread panic history hello nampa <laughs> hello nampa but mpc computers sadly went defunct december 31st 2008 hmm. Not surprising because, you know, computers and technology. So anyway, so I chose a show that when this set list came out, I looked at it and I said, that set list is garbage. And I said that because it is one of the shortest set lists of a, for a two set show that I think I've ever seen. Eight songs in the first set. And then seven in the second set counting drums that i feel like that was kind of a a you know that was not completely uncommon in 99 you know i think there was a lot of that um that is i mean like the i mean i just off the top of my head the i know the lexington show on 423 was what eight songs second set including drums and then, like, I feel like Whitefish was those. I guess there are, those are eight songs too. I mean, so eight songs, second set was pretty standard in '99. So yeah, I mean, I guess seven seven is slightly less, but um, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't completely out of the range, range, realm of possibility. Well, I did at the time. So um, this is a show that I completely ignored. Um, it also has Harvey's favorite thing, the flip the bird on for, and quite possibly one of the, I can't imagine how I would have felt if I was, went to a show, um, and got just a single nobody's loss <laughs> encore. That is, yeah, that's pretty much total flip the bird encore. Thankfully though, this show. I've been pretty, dis- I would I have would, been pretty disappointed with the post drums too. Post drums is pretty Pre drums is really good. Um, I wonder they must have been up on a uh, on a um, curfew. You know, it seems like they they were going pretty good pre drums, and it seems like things things went downhill pretty quickly uh, after drums. Pretty weak. I mean, Radio Child's sort of a flip the bird closer too. Yeah. Um, if that such a thing exists, but it um, the one by one into Jack in the second set's really good. The one by one's really long. I think it's actually longer than the one from four twenty eight ninety nine. Um, but I went with the first set and some of my, again, driving songs, one of our favorite songs here at the bluest tape, but this is a great selection. Um, after a little kid traveling light opener coming in with a, you got yours 
um, into a driving song sandwich and closing out with Greta. But this is some great stuff from July 6th, 1999, Lucky Peak State Park, Sandy Point Beach, uh, in Boise, Idaho.
right, that was Widespread Panic, July 6th, 1999, Lucky Point Peak State Park in Boise, Idaho. Um, middle of the first set, you got yours into Driving Song, into Greta, into Driving Song, and then into The Waker. Um, the You Got Yours clocks in at about 12 minutes. The Greta clocks in at about 15 or so. Um, love the jam out of You Got Yours in the Driving Song. Um, it's it's a lot of... And the Greta jam, uh, Greta into the back end of uh, Driving Song. Very similar. Um, last episode, we talked about a lot of these jams were just charging headlong into one another. Um, this one definitely is a lot mellower and a lot more low-key and perhaps more suited for the venue that they're playing, which is on this beach that looks like on the backside of a dam in this state park. It's a beautiful venue from what I find on the uh, Google. So, um, Mm -hmm. but again, a short show on paper looks really short. The next night at um, 7799 is a really good show with a strong, um, in Spokane, Spokane Opera House with a strong split Henry Parsons opener and a bar stools in the first set and a sleepy monkey and an airplane in the first set and a vacation in the first tears of a woman in the second. And then, of course, July 9th is the great show from Whitefish, Montana, which, of course, the band is released. So it's hard, easy to forget this show, um, mm-hmm. but it's a good one. The tapes sound great. Billy Mixon went all the way up to Boise and uh, recorded it. So his tapes are always great. So this is a good one, and uh, the show is probably better than the Potato Bowl is going to be this year. (laughs) Uh, And this is a cool sort of stretch between, you know, this is a uh, the Dirty Dozen tour, you know, uh, if there's a name for that tour, but, um, you know, sort of the first part, the Dirty Dozen was there, and then they, you know, for about a week in the um, the sort of big sky area, the doesn't wasn't with them and then they pick them back up when they get back into the midwest but um it was, it was a cool stretch in between when they it was just panic it seemed like they got down to business all right harvey so what are your two uh awesome bowl game selections for this week okay so um my first bowl game is the uh, the very prestigious and somehow this will be the what eighteenth version of this bowl game. I don't know how that's freaking possible, but the uh, R and L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, um, which started in two thousand one, uh, about seven months after the show that we're going to play, um, and is this the only? Is the Superdome the only uh, venue that hosts multiple bowl games? No. Um, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Okay. Um, okay. And I think there's one. No, the Camping World Stadium hosts two. The Camping World Bowl and the Citrus Bowl. That's in uh, Orlando. That's in Orlando. So I think it's okay. those three. Okay. But, uh, but yes, it seems a bit um, extra. If you ask me, actually, Camping World is Camping World Stadium hosts three bowl games. Wow, there's real time fact check. They might because it says Camping World Stadium for the Cure Bowl on December fifteenth, and then the Camping World Bowl on December twenty eighth, and then the Citrus Bowl on January first. That might be the case. That would be insane. There you go. I wonder if they sell sell a group ticket for locals that you can go to all. <laughs> 
So um, I guess it was actually in Lafayette, Louisiana. Well, it was only in 2005, I guess, Katrina year. It was in Lafayette in 2005, but otherwise in the Superdome. It's between uh, the Sun Belt and Conference USA. So um, previously, I think there was a tie-in from the Mountain West. But um, yeah, so uh, I, there was, I think Louisiana Lafayette won this game four straight years from 2011 to 2014. And apparently two of those years it was vacated. So I'd like to know the story behind that. But <laughs> uh, And interestingly, so it was, it was 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, Louisiana Lafayette won. In 2011 and 2013 it was vacated, but not 2012 or 2014. So, sure. I bet that was a, I'm sure that was a painful ceremony when they had to take down the banner yeah the raging cajuns it's not like uh taking down a national championship like the louisville cardinals had to do but um so yeah most of that was just an excuse to play something from new orleans because there's a you know an endless um trove of content that panic has played in new orleans and um so this this show that i want to play is from um uh municipal auditorium which is uh the site of my very first panic show which i played a few weeks ago on the uh the lanyap episode and um and also home to Two pretty fantastic uh, Jazz Fest weekend shows, May 1st, 1999, and then this show, May 4th, 2001. Um, those, those, I mean, those two shows are just, are you familiar with them? I mean, oh, have you yeah. listened to them much? Okay. Yeah, sure. Just so good. Um, speaking of uh, trivia on the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Jeff, do you want to guess on what the payout for the <laughs> New Orleans Bowl is? Um, I'm going to guess since it's in New Orleans, it's probably a little bit more than the Camellia Bowl. So I'm going to say 175. Uh, you are quite quite a bit undershot on that. Oh, wow. It is okay. $925,000. <laughs> Nearly $1 million. Wow. Good for them. Yeah. Well, good for Middle Tennessee State and Arkansas State. And that's who Phil Steele has going there this year. So. RNL carriers not f-ing around on that. <laughs> Seriously, wow! Those, those be shipping a lot of stuff in those booths. <laughs> um, so, uh, so the segment I picked is from the May fourth, two thousand one show. Um, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, I highly recommend this entire show. The second set. Um, they open uh, the the segment I'm playing is from the first set, but the second set, let's get down to business, climb to safety opener, let's and then Genesis, and then uh, Happy Child, Ain't Life Grand Jam, One Arm Steve Jam, Chili Water and the Drums, and then uh, Stop Breaking Down with Chuck Lavelle and Warren Haynes, Ride Me High with Chuck Lavelle, Warren Haynes and peanut and then back into chili water with chuck lavelle and warren haynes so that is a a stellar second set and um not to mention the first set which has a baby let me hold your hand opener and a postcard dear mr fantasy with chuck lavelle closer um 
But the piece I picked was not any of those that I just mentioned. It was uh, a segment they did in the middle of the first set that is uh, holding over soul into sleepy monkey and to walk on. And I want to play that right now.
May 4th, 2001, at the Municipal Auditorium in New Orleans, Louisiana, in honor of the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, you heard in the middle of the first set, Holding Over Soul into Sleepy Monkey and to Walk On. Um, you know, it's interesting when I when I see that combination, I'm like, oh, you know, like that's somewhat standard, not standard, but, you know, I mean, not uh, unusual for set combination. And um, I was actually kind of surprised when I looked back on like our every time played um, the songs that we played on the podcast. Holding Over Soul is pretty popular. We, this would be the 12th time. Uh, in 70 shows that we played Hold Never Soul. But um, do you want to guess how many times we played Walk On? I think we've only played it maybe once before. Yeah, once time. Episode one. In fact, it was oh, the wow. very first very first song played on the Bluest Tape. 326.96, the Walk On, Tall Boy, Tire Shoes, Galley, and Fishwater. Wow. Yeah, we're getting... Keep doing this. It's it's late in the evening here in Memphis. I'm gonna get a little dusty here in the studio. <laughs> yeah, li- last time played of, of 69 episodes, and then uh, Sleepy Monkey. I think this is the. Do you want to you want to guess how many times we played Sleepy I'll Monkey? I'll say less than five. I'll say four. Um. So this will be the. This is the fourth of wow, those. Wow! Uh, look at that. Yeah, so we did the Cincinnati Zoo in '96, and then um, Houston, uh, June first, nineteen ninety-five, and then uh, Red Mile, October second, nineteen ninety-four, episode thirty-seven. So it has been thirty-three shows. So I was kind of worried when I when I picked that one. I was like, ah, it seems sort of like regular, but actually, really not. It's a pretty, uh, you know, at least for us, kind of a rare combo. So. Uh, good playing all around you know they definitely stretch out each of those versions um they're good uh good vehicles for that but uh but well well performed i think in this night yeah i mean you kind of said it all in your lead up to this i mean this whole show is really great the guest spots in the second set obviously are pretty outstanding um but yeah this this version of again it's sort of the, the the two segments that i played come right in the middle of the second first set and obviously the opener here is a little different than a little kid opener baby let me hold your hand and then that imitation leather shoes um but yeah just good stuff kind of buried in the middle of the set and you can all you mean can't always but a lot of times you can judge how the rest of a show is going to go from that songs three through seven mm-hmm. in that first set um, sometimes you get some really great stuff at the beginning and some stuff at the end of the first set but in that middle of the first set if they're if they're the song selection's good and they're playing well. You're in for a good night usually. All right. So um, we'll move on to our last selection for this week. And that is um, the bowl game is the, uh, the Gildan New Mexico bowl uh, set in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Gildan, a fine purveyor of t-shirts and activewear. Yeah. Um, and sort of surprised looking at the the every uh, or the places played on uh, Everyday Companion. Um, only four shows ever in Albuquerque, uh, and none between 1992 and 2005. Wow! 
was crazy, right? I guess they were hitting. They you know, they played the one show in Las Cruces in '97, and then um, you know Palo Solari in Santa Fe was sort of the regular stop. Uh, you know, in the summer from you know '96, '97, 2001. But yeah, nothing in Albuquerque from '92 to '05. So. But uh, it was a pretty special show the last time in uh, in '92, so that was part of the reason why I chose this. And um, so, um, I guess before we get into the music, which is still a little bit of uh, trivia on the New Mexico Bowl, this it, it is the uh, um, matchup of the uh, Mountain West Conference and Conference USA. Um, the game is played on. Oh, it just had it open, but now it's gone. It is the opening bowl game. The very first bowl game. Of the year. Same day as the Camellia Bowl. And same day as the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, any guess on the, what the payout is at the uh, Gildan New Mexico Bowl? Well, I was still wrong on the last one. I feel like I should up up, up my uh, up my guesses. So I'll say I'll go half a million on that one. You, uh, you were under... $912,500. Man, good for them. Yeah. That's great. I guess this is more a statement on how cheap the people in Montgomery are. <laughs> so, wow. Um, yeah, or you know, the, the cheap the people of Raycom are. Um, right, yeah. Um, so it's played at the Dream Style Stadium. Uh on the campus of the University of New Mexico. I'm not sure what why it's called that. I don't, it's not, I don't know if it's a sponsor. The, con, the stadium has hosted concerts by many famous artists. Uh, among them, August 2nd, 1994, uh, Metallica show uh, from the Shit Hits the Sheds tour. And uh, opening acts, Danzig, Suicidal Tendencies, Candlebox, and Fight. <laughs> Which is a Rob Halford vehicle. So quite the lineup Uh, there. Dream Style is a local Albuquerque construction business. $10 million naming rights agreement. Wow. Man, throwing around the cheddar in Albuquerque. (laughs) You sure are. Um Okay, so the music that we uh, that I picked was from, like I mentioned, August thirty first, nineteen ninety two, at the El Rey Theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, there are a couple things that make this show uh, that sort of stand out. One is uh, the second song of the night was um, the uh, the fourth of six performances of Cleburne Terrace. Uh, the probably up until the release of door harp was probably, you know, not, it was probably just like tuning, you know, uh, or, or jam maybe, but, um, but it's kind of cool. Little, uh, Diddy, Michael Hauser, Diddy that leads into an early diner, but then the encore, which is what we're going to play here, um, is really pretty interesting. It's three songs. The first one is, uh, just JB and Sonny. The second one is JB, Sonny, and Todd. And then the final one is JB and Dave. So um, I kind of got the sense, like when you're listening to, to JB talking a little bit, that there, there are some technical difficulties maybe, and that's what led to this. So I don't know if that meant that um, maybe they didn't have any 
power? Like that they didn't have, I mean, but you would think that, I mean, yeah, so maybe JoJo and Mikey's stuff wasn't working. You know, the amps weren't working. And so they just sort of had JB on acoustic and, and the drums. But then Dave came out and, and played bass on rock. But anyway, uh, it's a really interesting, um, you know, trio of songs and uh, interesting uh, versions for sure. So uh, we'll play that now. This is the encore of a two-set show. August 31st, 1992, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the home of the New Mexico Bowl.
August 31st, 1992, uh, from the El Rey Theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, you heard uh, Benefactor and then Ribs and Whiskey into Rock, and unfortunately, uh, Rock cuts sort of there at the end. That was not uh, an accident. That's all there was of the tape. But um, some cool combinations with uh, JB and Sonny starting off on Benefactor, uh, Todd joining them for Ribs and Whiskey, and then... uh, just JB and Dave for the rock, which is pretty cool. So the encore from the show in Albuquerque. Yeah. Good stuff. Really interesting. Kind of reminds me of that twelve thirty one ninety seven history of panic thing. I guess yeah. or maybe not in the right, obviously not in the right sequence. I guess it's a little reversed, um, but, uh, but still very cool and interesting. Um, again, I have a feeling there's probably more of this type of thing out there that maybe we just haven't heard yet for some of these small shows um, in random towns on random nights in 91, 92, 93, um, you know, because of gear, because of, you know, Jojo and Mikey said to hell with them and went and sit outside while (laughs) you guys figure it out or whatever the reasons might be. Right. Uh, but I think there's probably more. I, w- I think there's probably more of this stuff, and hopefully, some more of it shows up um, as new tapes start to be discovered. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I uh, appreciate um, everybody's uh, willingness to listen to us uh, chatter on about college football as an excuse to discover some um, or rediscover some some pretty cool uh, panic shows from days gone by. So. Um, if uh again if you guys are in nashville uh this weekend hit me up um on uh, on twitter it's at harvey couch and um i'm not sure what my what my plans are on saturday but hope to to be out and about and uh and then um i have a feeling if, you'll be at bearded iris at some point. i will certainly be at bearded iris at some point i don't know if that'll be friday evening or saturday evening or or possibly both um <laughs> And, uh, um, and if you're, you know, if you're still up after the panic shows, definitely go to the exit in, uh, check out Sam Holt band. Uh, they're playing after panic on Friday and Saturday night. I think there are still some tickets left for both of those shows. So, um, if you get a chance, check that out as well. So, um, so yeah. Uh, anything else, Jeff? No, we've uh, we've I think we've done two two pretty good episodes uh, our last couple of weeks and hope people have enjoyed them and um, looking forward to seeing what we do for the next one. I'm 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 guessing it'll probably be uh, similar to after my post Memphis experience where you go and you um, freak out and realize that you need to go back out and well I guess you can't go back out on the road but you'll have to make plans to go to St Augustine or Milwaukee in October, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it could go either the either that way or a different way. So we'll see. But either way, you know, we'll probably have you, uh, have you decided which awful lot shirt you're going to make to sell? <laughs> no, no. I was what I was going to do was just bring some um, some chicken and just like set it, set some chicken breasts in the back of the car and and grill up some burritos, some heady burritos, and uh, and sell those in the lot. See how that goes for me. Sweet. Well, yeah. good luck. Godspeed. Uh, 
All right. Well, um, hope to see folks down there. Appreciate the support. Bluestape.com, Facebook and Twitter and uh, email. Just let us know what's going on and um, tell your friends about it. Uh, Check us out on iTunes. Review it. That helps other people find it as well. So um, appreciate the support and uh, hope you guys have a great weekend. Happy Labor Day and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com. Oh